Hi, I'm Dennis Sheeran. And I'm Raymond Steinmetz from the Instant Relevance Podcast. And we're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. That builds trust. I mean, when you put the compassion side of things on it, uh, being there right there with them. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. What's up, Leader of Learning, and welcome back for episode 64 of the Leader of Learning podcast. This is going to be an exciting one for so many reasons. First, If you caught episode 63 with AJ Bianco, you probably heard me say that I was going to do something which I have never done before, and that is to release a second podcast episode in the same week. So today I'm doing just that. I'm very excited to bring you this episode, and we'll talk more about it in a minute. But on episode 63, you probably also heard me say that starting with this episode, 64, all of these podcast episodes are now going to be made available on YouTube in video form. So you will be able to watch the interviews that I conduct with all of the amazing guests that I have on the show. If you are not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, please head on over to YouTube and search for Leader of Learning or even easier, better yet, go to leaderoflearning.com slash YouTube and watch and subscribe today. Thank you in advance. I really appreciate your support. As for this episode, I was very excited to bring on two of my absolute favorite instructional coaches, Kathy Perrette and Kenny McKee, who are not only fellow instructional coaches and people that I can consider colleagues of mine, they are a couple of the brilliant minds behind the weekly hashtag EduCoach chat that happens on Wednesday nights on Twitter. Check your local listings for which time according to the time zone that you live in. And guys, this episode is great for anyone not just those like me who are instructional coaches, but anyone who wants to be more compassionate in their practices, instructional practices, leadership practices, especially coaching practices, and also for people who just want to know how to better break through certain barriers that exist and may cause other teachers, colleagues, those around us, those who we support to just not be able to push through and persevere like they want to. Also, if you're like me and you really love ASCD as an organization and you love maybe attending the ASCD Empower Conference, which is coming up next month in Los Angeles, California, Kathy and Kenny came on to pitch an amazing opportunity for anyone attending the Empower Conference this year to participate in a pre-conference workshop that is all about coaching through barriers. A full-day workshop on working with educators on what to do when faced with those situations that cause friction and cause resistance perhaps in other educators. Again, you don't have to be an instructional coach to appreciate everything that Kathy and Kenny share in this interview. Give it a listen. I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. 
All right. I am really excited to bring on two of my favorite instructional coaches. And I was just telling them before we hit record here that uh, even though coaching and mentoring come up a lot as topics among lots of the guests that I've had on the podcast over the last two and a half years, I don't know that we've really ever had a an instructional coaching episode. And I'm really excited to talk to these guests about not just coaching, but coaching with compassion. Uh, and my listeners know how big I am into inspiring a growth mindset and and working through barriers that come along. And, and I know that my two guests are very interested in that and they're going to talk about it in a minute. So I want to bring on and introduce Kathy Perrette and Kenny McKee. Kathy, first, if you could just kind of let the listeners know who you are, where you are and what you do. Well, I am Kathy Perrette and I'm an educational consultant. I'm based out of Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, recently retired and I'm in what I call my encore career. And so I get to spend my time devoted to coaching teachers, coaching coaches, training coaches, do that on site and virtually. So, all right. And, you know, I really, I love that about Kathy that she is like a coach of coaches. I find that fascinating. And, uh, you know, we've known each other for a little while now on Voxer and Twitter and, and just being connected. And, um, I love that, you know, everybody needs a coach. The listeners of this show know that I'm really big on like, you can be a leader no matter who you are, where you are, what role you're in, what title you have. And, uh, even the, highest level leaders or coaches in this case still need coaching and mentorship. So I, I love that. And uh, Kenny, we'll yeah. go to you. Introduce yourself, who you are, where you are, what do you do? My name is Kenny McKee. I'm a high school instructional coach in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and I've been coaching, it'll be 10 years uh, on March 1st, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. That is crazy. Um, I feel like that was probably sort of the be- almost the beginning of like what coaching really is and has become like it it's still a relatively new sort of field in education right yeah yeah and uh i've some principles of it have i was fortunate enough to learn pretty early and they have been the cornerstones of my practice but i'm also learning lots of new stuff usually about every year some some new ideas kind of percolate you know and i'm trying um, to think uh i, th- I the first role that I had in my school where coaching was involved was back in about 2010. Uh, Mm -hmm. So about 10 years ago as well. Um, After the first four years that I spent in the classroom and opening there was an opening at my school and, and I sort of you know threw my name in the, my hat in the ring, so to speak. And, and, uh, the administration said, yeah, like we think you're the right kind of guy. And it was still, uh, very much a teaching position, but there was coaching involved. And then, uh, the first full-time instructional coaching position I took wasn't until about 2015 or 16, about 2016, I think really. So yeah, definitely still new. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in my position, um, I was a classroom teacher before, then applied to be a coach in my district. So actually I worked out of the district and I worked with um, three different schools. And for the most part, they're the same three schools um, that I started with way back in 2010. That's awesome. I I feel like I've probably been at like four or five schools since then myself. (laughs) Um, But no, I think that says a lot about uh, well, you, of course. So congratulations. But, you know, also, like you said, the, the value that you're uh, administrators and your district has placed on instructional coaching. My district that I'm in now, and actually I'm wearing Norwalk Public Schools right there. Um, 
this year in particular, uh, it's no coincidence that I was hired because they hired a bunch of coaches. And, and this year, they have really started to make a, a bigger push to emphasize and value coaches more. We meet monthly with coaches across the district, uh, with our directors, you know, our subject, our content area directors, and the assistant superintendent, or in this case, we call her the chief academic officer, and uh, and we go through training and. It's been it's been really valuable. I think there's still a lot of learning left to go and a lot of growing left to do, but it's, it has been really great. And so I guess really I wanted to start off and fire away some questions at you guys, like in terms of coaching, how do you do it? Like, what's what's the secret? Like, because I think that there are people out there who uh, still don't know what it is. There are people who aren't sure whether or not it's for them. And that could go for someone who's looking to get into coaching, or it could be someone who's still in the classroom. Like, is that for me? Like, do I need coaching? So I guess, Kathy, we'll go to you. Like, what what is it about coaching? I think coaching is basically an opportunity to reflect and an opportunity to grow. Uh, and so helping yourself, helping teachers understand that we're, we're all in this together, and we all have opportunities to grow and reflect. And so developing those times that you can get together with teachers, uh, asking them some questions that will open their mindset, help them think of things in different ways, um, but also as a coach, learning from them. I mean, curiosity is one of the most important elements uh, besides listening that a coach can have. So it's it's finding those ways to have those conversations and have that time with teachers and that all benefits students. It, I'm glad that, you said that, that. That's what it's all about in the end is benefiting the students. Yeah, absolutely. I love that point. But I also love that you said that uh, it, it really is kind of up to the teacher, uh, not just about reflecting, but putting forth ideas and and being vulnerable, so to speak, to just say, like, this is what I'm noticing in my classroom and this is where I think I need to go or what I need to do about it. And then the coach is there to support. I think it's still uh, early enough in the game where people think this this coach or even administrators, you know, any any person in sort of that leadership or higher level is going to come down on me. They're going to tell me exactly what they want. And, and that's not what coaching is, or at least it's not what it should be. Right, Kenny? Yeah, that's right. Um, I often think of the most effective coaching as a type of collaborative inquiry between two professionals who may have different skill sets, but it's not necessarily a uh, power dynamic of one being above or telling the other one what to do. In fact, oftentimes, I don't know about you guys, but if somebody I don't know very well tells me what to do, I don't like them very much. Uh, so it's really about listening to the teachers you're working with, figuring out what are the the goals that they have, the goals they have for their students, and saying with them, you know what, I'm going to be with you through every step of the way, and we're going to figure this out together. Yeah, that that's a really important piece that I think uh, sometimes is missing as well in terms of just really listening to what the teacher uh, needs, you know, what they think that they need to do to improve their own practice to, like Kathy said, it all goes back to how is it going to benefit my students? How are they going to grow and achieve more? Um, I think of a couple of really great resources and books that I've used and that I've read. Um, not too long ago, I read The Coaching Habit. Yeah. Um, and I'm blanking on the name, but I'll, I'll drop the link in the show notes of this episode. I wrote a blog post about it. It was really impactful on me because it talked about listening. 
uh, and about how to ask the right questions. Um, I've read so many other instructional coaching books, too many to list here. But speaking of books, you guys are working, this is a good segue. You guys are working on a book, right, for instructional coaches. So if you could just kind of tell our listeners about what you're working on there with the book. Sure. Well, we've got a contract with ASED and we're, we are looking at the barriers that coaches might face when it comes to coaching. And as far as the barriers, like what barriers teachers might have. But it's really not a book that looks at naming the barrier because we don't really want the coaches in their head thinking, well, this teacher is overwhelmed or this teacher is lacking confidence. Instead, we want to give the coaches uh, a coaching focus for those barriers. Can I ask Uh, you a question? When you say barriers, now, I, I I always like hesitate to say this because I think my listeners are getting tired of, of me saying it, but I'm not I'm never tired of talking about it. I'm I just I'm finishing a dissertation and uh, the, the research that I my original research for my dissertation was all about transformational leadership practices to inspire a growth mindset in teachers. So I guess my question is, because a lot of my my research that went into this is also looking at resistance to change. When you say barriers, and, and I know you said, Kathy, that you're not necessarily naming them, and, and that's cool. I, I really uh, I respect that. I'm just wondering, like, is that the same thing as when I would say teachers are being resistant? Or, I mean, is, is that part of it at least? Well, we, we talked about that some as, as we've been writing. And what we often are thinking now is that when we see resistance, it's usually a symptom of some other season of life that the educator is involved in. So for instance, the teacher might be reluctant to you because they are overwhelmed. They don't feel like they have enough time to really take on coaching or actually do much well. So that means that then our coaching starts shifting to helping them prioritize. How can we help support this person in better using their time, maybe taking some things off their plate, maybe uh, eliminating some goals or prioritizing goals to figure out what is most important right now. Um, So, Another example might be um, a teacher who is feeling lack of confidence, so they don't feel like they have the skills to do well, so they're avoiding the coach. And so the whole point is, how can we become a partner to that person who might be lacking confidence and say, you know, it's okay. Sometimes I've lacked confidence too, and we're in this together, and here are some ways that we can go about making you feel like you're, you're doing great things with your students. It makes me think of uh, a chart or a quadrant that I once saw in terms of like skill and will, right? You have high skill and high will, and that's ideal, right? That means like you are one of those, you're probably one of those early adopters. You are uh, usually gung-ho to implement ideas and implement new practices, but also uh, you have that skill level that says like you're probably going to be pretty able to uh, make things happen pretty quickly. Whereas uh, obviously on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have low skill, low will, where it's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't really even want to try anything different. Right. And, and probably that's because of a confidence thing, like like Kenny said. And it's probably I'm just I'm my own opinion. I'm throwing this out there. It's probably also uh, a comfort level. Right. Like we just we got stuck in our ways and uh we don't want to break out, right? We're 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 on, we're not yet comfortable being uncomfortable. Is that a barrier too? Well, we've been toying with that idea. We we've actually t- talked about coaching through success. Interesting. And and that you know a, a lot of our teachers who are successful sometimes are the least reflective. And so, how can we you know bring that <laughs> to the table as far as uh, bringing in that reflection with them? 
when they're successful. And honestly, supporting your most successful teachers in the school is is really paramount because they're usually the catalyst for growth. Some people view coaching as a, you know, it's filling in deficits, but honestly, it's really about growing more leaders in a school who can um can spread practices. You know, I often coach teachers that I understand are probably better classroom teachers than I am. And that gets me to really reflect on the importance of being an effective coach. And because coaching is a totally different set of skills than teaching, they're not exactly the same at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I can compare it to coaching professional athletes. Yeah. Uh, you know, many times coaches are not, were not in their professional careers, the all-stars and the hall of famers. And so they are, like you said, quite literally coaching better talent than they probably ever had uh, or ever will have. You know, I can relate. Uh, I have a couple of teachers at my school who I would consider to be like top performers in the classroom for in some, at least in some capacity. Uh, I think one teacher does a bang up job at really creating relationships with her students. And, and again, like being willing to try new things. I have another teacher who's doing a great job at differentiating for students and creating stations and rotations and making sure she's, and I'm like, that's awesome. But one of them is fine with sort of that attention and, and being like a model role model for the other teachers. And one is not. And, um, and she doesn't necessarily want other teachers to, to look at, you know, watch what she's doing in the classroom. And, and one of my jobs, not that I've ever like told her this, but one of the jobs that I consider to be important to me is to try and get her out of that comfort zone because she's comfortable in the classroom. She's comfortable with her own teaching practices, but she doesn't want to let other people know about that. And I think that's a confidence thing too. It's, it's been really interesting to try and work through that. So the book is about coaching through barriers. And I guess I'm wondering like what led you to want to write a book like that? I mean, it sounds like we've all faced times in our careers as coaches that we've had to deal with this, but um, where, where did this come from? Well, probably, I mean, as you know, Dan, you come to EduCoach chat and we've been around since about 2011, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and Kenny's now one of the moderators with um, EduCoach, along with a fantastic team that we have. And Kenny and I just got talking that a lot of times on Twitter, we kind of are still talking at the surface level on coaching, and we're not really getting deep. And we're not getting deep because there's that confidentiality. A teacher or a coach isn't going to start talking about a teacher on Twitter, um, high profile place of being public. And so we thought that still at that surface level, we can support coaches all we want through EduCoach or through other means. But we hear teacher or coaches time and time again saying they just feel ill-equipped. They, they might understand a coaching cycle, they might understand the components, but then the human-to-human element it's ever-changing with every single person we coach, whether we go through a cycle, um, whosever cycle we use, but there's that human element that is attached to it. So we really wanted to dig down in that so that we could provide some possible strategies, not only to coach others, but then we have a section that is about coaching ourselves and coaching yourself as a coach, just as you said earlier, Dan, the importance of that. But if they can't hire a 
coach for themselves or they don't have a district that supports them like yours with teaming and that type of thing? What can they do to help themselves in these situations? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I was thinking too uh, while you were speaking that when it comes to classroom teaching, not that instructional practices or students or the way you teach students shouldn't change on an ongoing basis. It absolutely should. Uh, But I feel like there's nothing as unpredictable as adult learning. And that's that's so much of what the coaching, I feel like with students, um, it's it's easier. I feel like with adults, and, and I'm not gonna go so far as to say teachers make the worst students, although I guess I just said it, but a lot of people would say that about teachers. I'm not going to, although I just did. And uh, you know, it's, it's just, I'm gonna say it's just unpredictable. I think even more so than working with students. And so I think when you bring up this whole aspect of barriers, Man, it could be there could be so many things. And so um, I think that's great that you guys are writing this book. Kenny, could you talk us through a little bit about how maybe as coaches we could help teachers work through and you don't have to name the barriers. Um, And again, one of the reasons I ask is because my my uh, doctoral research, again, it's like working with teachers to inspire that growth mindset. And I'm actually wondering if some of the things that I studied, uh, I'm guessing, are maybe some of the things that you guys are going to talk about in the book. Yeah, probably so. Um, I will say that one of the things we're thinking about when we think about these barriers is that they're really related to seasons in an educator's career. So these are situations or times that people are in, like I spoke earlier, to being overloaded or lacking confidence. Some other barriers include being isolated. Perhaps you're the only robotics teacher at your middle school, or you're just new to a team and don't feel like you fit in. You know, there's lots of different ways that it may turn up. But what we've essentially done is with each barrier, we are looking for what is the compassionate coaching focus. So if a person is overloaded, how do we help them prioritize? If someone is isolated, how do we help them connect? Um, If someone lacks confidence, how do we establish a partnership with that person? And growth mindset is really involved with all of those areas in different ways. What you'll find is that in some of those areas, trying to adapt to growth mindsets a little bit more pressing than other areas. For example, if somebody is coaching through failure, somebody feels like they failed in the classroom, growth mindset becomes something that you want to work on fostering and also lack of confidence. Like those are two areas that growth mindset have huge impact. Whereas like if your, your issues, you're feeling kind of isolated, it may not be exactly the same response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I think to go along with what you said, in my research, and I'm, 
I think I'm I'm safe enough to say this now that I'm basically done writing and uh, I'm I'm at the end of the the finish line is near. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Um, some of the things that I found that I can equate to being compassionate and and you know coaching with compassion are things like making people feel comfortable. I mean, that was a major theme that came out of the findings in my research, making people feel comfortable, uh, obviously building and maintaining relationships with them. Now, I, I studied or I, I should say I used uh, school administrators, secondary school administrators, but so many of them talked about shared leadership. And I think with coaching, that gets back to what we were talking about before, too, with bringing teachers into the process, the coaching cycles or the sessions, if you will. And it's not all about the coach giving their opinions. It's about bringing on the teacher's ideas and opinions as well. And um, and I think kind of the theme that binds all of those things, and uh, I, d- I can't remember whether you guys said this word explicitly yet or not, but I know I've heard it, is trust, right? Kathy, can you talk to like how much trust is so imperative in terms of what we're doing as coaches? Right. And, you know, I think that's why we kind of narrowed it down to these uh, focus areas, because if we can get to the barrier through the focus area, it helps to build that trust. So if you've got that teacher who's lacking confidence and you're right there by their side, because you're not naming, hello, Mrs. So-and-so, you lack confidence, I need to help you. Um, We're just saying, hey, let's partner through this. Let's co-teach. Let's co-plan. Let's co-reflect. How about if I model? How about if you do something? You're just partnering with them through the process so that they are building that trust with you. Whereas if you have someone who's got a little disruption going on in their lives or in their classroom, and you're really helping them to then with the focus, make a routine of things um, so that you're not naming them saying, hey, there's a lot of disruption going on here. We need to fix this. (laughs) But it's, you know, Let's think about some routines. Let's let's work together through this. And that builds trust. I mean, when you put the compassion side of things on it, rather than naming the barrier, naming the challenge, uh, being there right there with them. Yeah. And, and what is the, the, the old saying, right? Nobody is going to care what you know until they know that you care. That's what I think of all the time when it comes to that. Kenny, what are you going to say? Oh, I, I was also just reflecting on one of the areas we're talking about is coaching through shifting school culture, or we, we originally called it toxic culture, but it's not necessarily always toxic. And, you know, thinking about how do you build trust between others? So the compassionate coaching focus for, for that shifting culture is openness. So, you know, it may be that you're going to institute some strategies such as, um, like, for instance, if you've got a school that's not very open, you might find a way to make your coaching request anonymous at first because, you know, people may not want to stand up in a meeting and say, yeah, I'm going to work with that coach there, you know. Um, but then you start building these small networks and then you can start building some leadership teams from those folks. You might be able to have a non-evaluative learning walks that you would start next. Or, um, you know, another thing that's going on in one of my schools right now that we're writing about is these cool peer coaching teams where we're actually put like the teachers you talked about earlier, the two teachers that have different strengths. Like if they were in the school that I'm working with now, we would actually position those people into groups where they would go and observe each other. We created a structure for that. And we tell them it's because each of you have different strengths that we think you benefit from seeing. But we don't necessarily tell them what we think those strengths are. So Mm. it's kind of a 
investigative for them. That's really cool. Yes, yeah, so it's something that I've been uh, working working through and and building at my school in my first year there, and and really the first year where coaching is a, a real serious thing is um, again making people feel comfortable, but trying to push them a little bit. Like let's let's get out there and visit each other and see what we're all doing. Um, and I haven't gone so far as to say who's strong at what or whatever, but you know I think the way that I've really pitched it to try and make them feel more comfortable and, and more confident is to say, look, as an instructional coach, I am so fortunate that I get to see what you all are doing. And, and by the way, I should point out if I haven't already that I only work with the ELA teachers at my school. I'm an ELA instructional coach and there are about nine teachers who I support. And I say to them, I'm so lucky, right? I get to see what you're all doing in the classroom every day, but you can't. You can't see what you're all doing. You need to go see, like, because there are some really amazing things that are happening, and I mean that. And and so that's how I've really tried to to sell it, uh, if you will, to to the rest of the staff. So um, I want to start to wrap up a little bit here. I, I wanted to ask you just a couple final questions about the book. Kathy started talking about the structure of the book a little bit, so I was wondering if you could just uh, specify what we can uh, expect from that, and also if you have an idea of when the book will actually be published and released. <laughs> well, publication will be when we're done. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're our, our manuscript is due end of May, I believe, beginning of June, and so it just depends then on the process. What you know, it'll go through some revisions and some editing. So uh, we can't say it'll be out in 2020. We hope it's out by the you know, December-ish time, but we just can't say for sure until we know that process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, listeners, you heard it here first. I have the exclusive. <laughs> we don't know when it's coming out, but it is. It's in the works and look for that book from uh, Kathy and Kenny. And before we wrap up, I, I do need to do my due diligence. I would be remiss if I, if I did not allow you guys the opportunity to talk about this great opportunity that anyone who is attending the ASD Empower 20 conference in Los Angeles, California coming up in March will have to experience a pre-conference workshop with both of you guys. So uh, I'm guessing that the topic is all around coaching and I'm thinking it has a lot to do with this, you know, coaching through barriers and coaching with compassion. Can you uh, talk about that session a little bit and what people might expect if they're, if they're traveling out to Los Angeles? Yeah, we're going to have a full day together and we're going to be focusing on uh, coaching through barriers. And I think Kathy and I have arranged it now where we are going to do the, the first bit of the morning, good coaching practice, having people um, investigate some things together, share out some ideas. And then we're going to go into a couple of the barriers that we're working on. Mainly, I think we're going to be talking about lack of confidence, overload, and probably the school culture piece. Yeah, and I, we're thrilled to have a full day. You know, it's uh, 8.30 to 3.30. Um, it's the day before the conference starts, so it's Friday March 13th, and we can't be superstitious. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, just to have a full day. I mean, I'm used to going to conferences and having that 75-minute time spot, and you never feel like it's enough time. You just kind of whet the appetite. I've presented the same topic at the Gym Night Conference in October, and Kenny uh, presented the topic in a conference in North Carolina. Um, and so we were thrilled. Like my room was packed at the gym night conference. I mean, I couldn't even get in. It was so packed. And um, <laughs> then a lot, well, I made the mistake of going to the keynote and 
was at the back end. And by the time I got down the escalator, the room was packed. Um, You're like, I'm just kidding. Let me in. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> um, and then so many people came up afterwards and either apologized for not getting in and really wanted to get in or, you know, love the topic and where can they buy the book? And I'm like, well, it's not done yet. <laughs> so uh, we're thrilled at the support that we've gotten from all over from that when they hear about the topic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that that session was as packed as it sounds like it was because not to take anything away from either of the two of you, but I just think that that's such an important topic. Um, and I'm going to talk to just the listeners now. Guys, if you are listening to this and you are a coach, an educational leader, or even a classroom teacher that you know finds yourself in a position where you are supporting other teachers and and you know really just trying to inspire them and you know like Kathy and Kenny you're talking about uh get them over the humps and the barriers that they may face whatever that is uh this is absolutely a session that you should go to obviously if you're going out to Los Angeles come in that Friday uh you know I I can tell you that in all my experiences working as a coach, uh, and especially this year that there are formal coaches network meetings set up every single month where all of us coaches get together, that is clearly one of the, if not the most pressing issue among coaches is how do I work with these teachers through these struggles? And so I think I can safely speak on behalf of all my listeners when I say I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. One more time, plug that uh, pre-conference workshop and that'll take us on out of here. Yeah, it's called uh, Coaching Through Barriers, uh, Compassionate Practice for Helping Teachers Reach the Greatest Potential. And that is on Friday, March 13th, and it's a full day session. And uh, just so the listeners know, there is a deadline for which they need to be able to register for that by, right? Kathy, when is that? I believe it's February 14th. So <laughs> we'd love to. All right, to so it's coming up. Yeah, Coming up please. fairly soon, uh, the link to that session will be in the show notes for this uh, episode and and on the Leader of Learning website. Um, if you're listening to this on whatever podcast app you're listening to, show notes, scroll down the page, click on the link, and uh, definitely, definitely check out that session. Kathy, where can people connect to you and find you and maybe ask some more questions of you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Kathy Perrett, and my website is kathyperrett.org. So pop on over there, sign up for that newsletter that's going to be coming out. <laughs> Best way to get up with me is probably Twitter at Kenny C. McKee. Awesome. So leaderoflearning.com slash episode 64. And we're putting this one out on a little early, not on a Monday, on a Thursday. So you guys will have plenty of time to check out and register for that pre-conference workshop with Kathy and Kenny on coaching with compassion and, and coaching through barriers. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Good luck with the book. And uh, and I hope you get lots of it sounds like you're going to have a packed house anyway at your conference session. So, man, just I wish I could be there. I really do. But good luck we with that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good luck with that. See, and we'll see you guys year. soon. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely be there. I just can't. I can't get out to L.A. I can't. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, thank Thanks. you so much, Dan. My thanks so much to Kathy and Kenny for coming on, giving us that time and just giving us so much value about coaching and leading and instructing with compassion and helping people break through those barriers that they might put up or might get put up that stifle them or just hold them back from persevering however they want to. 
I'm excited about the book, whatever that gets published that Kathy and Kenny are working on. But in the meantime, if you are attending ASCD Empower 20 in Los Angeles in March, definitely check out their pre-conference session. The link, again, will be in the show notes for this episode and on the Leader of Learning website. So leaderoflearning.com slash episode 64 is where you can find more information about that. Please tune in next time. Episode 65 will feature a very fascinating guest, Taru Clavel, who I had the pleasure of speaking with. She is a comparative education expert and best-selling author. She's even been able to share her story on very popular shows and television shows, including shows on CNN, NBC's Today Show, CBS This Morning. She's a very popular figure out there these days talking about international education education. And I was privileged to have been able to speak to her. And that episode will be out on February 17th. Until next time, guys, take care and keep leading on. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, Please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.